Hi, welcome to Is Manny's a podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined here with Josh Emo. Yeah, and I'm ready. Get it? You see what see what I did there? <laughs> to start our first episode. First, we're gonna tell you a little bit about ourselves. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you you know a little bit of who we are. But for anyone who's a little bit new, um, I am a film and TV person who lives in New York, and my buddy Josh is... I'm a theater, I'm lighting designer for theater, um, freelance, doing stuff all over the country, and we'll be in New York pretty soon. Oh, yeah, like, that sounded a lot better than what I said. I was, I'm a cinematographer, videographer (laughs) person, I work in film, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's good enough. Um, Anyways, you're probably wondering, if you couldn't get it from the title, which, if you couldn't, I'm a little ashamed, but still... This podcast is the answer. Is mayonnaise a podcast? Exactly. That, that's the whole thing. We're only talking about mayonnaise. So if you thought this was a SpongeBob podcast, you came to the wrong place. You came to the wrong place. I'm sorry if anything was misleading. Uh, no. So what we're gonna do in this podcast is we're gonna get all the beloved stories that we saw when we were younger about a yellow sponge in square pants and watching every single episode, starting from the first episode all the way into whatever episode they're on now. I don't know how many seasons there are. I probably should have looked that up, but we're here now. So, and we're going to just give you a little bit of a recap and some life lessons that we picked up while we were watching. And hopefully at the end of it, we'll have a really good episode theme that we saw. Um, I'm sure a little bit in the future, there might not be a theme that fits the whole episode, but I want all of you listening and paying attention and figuring out how spongebob can possibly help us in our lives and see what little lessons that we can learn from it spongebob is like a little bit of a kind of an advice column you can watch it and learn a lot from this little sponge and that's what we're here to do take a look at what those lessons are small big whatever and kind of look at it the difference between looking at it from the eyes of a kid and now looking at as a adult and you're probably thinking like why why spongebob it's a child's cartoon get over it grow up and what do you say to that josh i know what i say but i can't say it because that's just too vulgar <laughs> i say um give it a shot i think the fact that life imitates art or art imitates life or whatever the hell that stupid saying is and i think that applies to cartoons i mean you, there are cartoons out there that really show off um different lessons of life and it is just a different way for Adults who are writing the show to tell stories, to give lessons, to kind of reach out. It's like watching any adult sitcom or a TV show, but in this case, for in an animation style. Yeah, it's aimed at children, but like I'm sure it's not anime. Yeah, exactly, it's not anime. <laughs> but it, the thing is, it's it's aimed at children, but writers, adult writers, still write the show, so their experiences kind of like seep in uh, into the writing. And I feel like every story can you can learn a lesson from almost every story. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some pointless ones out there, but I don't think SpongeBob is the case. I think in while other cartoons, you know, like are more educational. You're, you're talking about your Sesame Streets movie, your Dora. I think SpongeBob is funny and goofy, but with little life life lesson nuggets throughout everything. Yeah. I think it is one of the 
I don't know, for me, at least one of the first cartoons I felt like really tried to reach out to multi-generations. I mean, when it first came out, SpongeBob was in between a time where you had stuff on Nickelodeon like Ren and Stimpy and Rocco's Modern Life, which you watch nowadays very clearly was geared towards adults. Yeah, yeah there's, some, is, there's some vulgar stuff yeah. really hidden in there. And I think SpongeBob gets away with that a little bit better. There are some some questionable themes a little later, mm-hmm. but I think most of it is is pretty pure. It's pretty pure. And it, I think it's the, the way that it's set up is very well done in the fact that it it crosses generations very well. You can watch it as a kid and enjoy it, and you can watch it as an adult and still enjoy it. I mean, as a kid, I remember my parents sitting there laughing at it just as much as I was. I think that's really important to speak of how well that TV show is done. Exactly. And like I said, when when I was watching this, when I was rewatching this first episode, and if you guys want to watch along with us, currently, at this moment, Nick.com has all the, the, the episodes. I think um, Netflix also has SpongeBob, too. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and another thing, like you could just go digitally download that stuff through a reputable dealer or pirate it. I mean, it's it's your life. It's your life. You do you. But I would support the art. Yeah. But uh, but do what you can, because I'm sure there's still life lessons that you could you can learn. I think it's worth it. It's worth it to to give it a rewatch. And rewatching this one, I just really felt all the nostalgia come back, and it's one of those things that. I'm really annoying when I watch the first episode of SpongeBob because the the first episode is divided into three parts. And basically that first part I know pretty well and I can quote most of it as it's going. It's very annoying. And I'm sure Josh hated me while we were watching it together. But it was fun for me. And that's all that matters. <laughs> it was fun for me the most part, I guess. <laughs> After, between all the crying. Between all the crying. <laughs> Tears of joy. Tears of joy. No, but it's true. It's like you get the nostalgia. But at the same time, it's like that childlike nostalgia is mixed in with now of these feelings of like being a young adult and being like, damn, like this stuff, this is actually pretty deep. Like I'm actually relating to this yellow sponge on this screen now. <laughs> this, this obviously a <laughs> uh, young adult yellow sponge uh, that is from a kitchen, not from the sea, his lovable friends. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh let's dive into the first episode. Um, it's kind of rare. Uh, we were kind of doing a quick skim of every single Spongebob episode. And there's not a lot of three-parter episodes. But the first pilot episode of Spongebob is separated into three parts. And those three parts are Help Wanted, The Reef Blower Episode, and Tea at the Tree Dome. So we're going to jump right into it with Help Wanted. Spongebob wakes up to apply for his first job. He has some doubts. Not in his morning routine, but he has some doubts. Like right in front of the Krusty Krab. Patrick steps up, helps Spongebob out. And then suddenly Spongebob's inside the... Krusty Krab with Mr. Krabs and Squidward, first time meeting them. And Mr. Krabs kind of sends them on a little shopping trip. He says, go find the spatula, port starboard attachments. If you've seen the episode, should be very familiar. SpongeBob, you know, Eager Beaver leaves. And suddenly the Krusty Krab's overrun by anchovies. And SpongeBob decides to save the day. So that's the episode in a nutshell. If you haven't seen it, definitely should. I saw it again on the Nick.com app. You can see it wherever you want to see it. Just... Or just dig back into your memory and see if you can remember every single moment. Um, I could, but I'm also a weirdo. So, um, so one thing like that really struck me, Josh, was just after seeing SpongeBob. And you know, SpongeBob is a musical now. It has it has two movies, and just the animation style of how like animation used to look and how it looks now. 
even like the opening, like really kind of hit some feels, hit some nostalgic, nostalgic feels for me. No, same thing. Like it's kind of incredible watching it now and being like, wow, look at that art animation. It's completely different than what you see nowadays. Right. And it's and- weird. It's like, uh, it's like, I don't want to say it's not as crisp, but it just feels more organic. I guess if that yeah, makes any sense, no, like it was less of a like, and I don't know if that's just a nostalgia part of me being like, oh man, look at how it used to be, right? Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I mean, like I don't know, it feels really like all the edges of SpongeBob. It's like when we hit HD, it got really like crisp, crisp. It, like yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but yeah. maybe a little bit more creepy after it became more HD. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you notice anything about? I, I mean, I really liked seeing SpongeBob's morning routine again, mm. where you know. The classic foghorn, the classic seeing Gary yeah, right yeah, there by his bed. Yeah, Gary, yeah. his his meow, the springboard, the weird way that SpongeBob gets ready. Uh, I got. I just That's the first episode we get. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. ready. Exactly. <laughs> He's like super excited to just hit the world in the most optimistic way, mm-hmm. and even his 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 morning routine includes a morning workout, which. I have never ever been able to successfully do myself. I barely wake up in time to get anywhere. Yeah, so exactly. I, time I don't to work out. <laughs> I don't even eat breakfast. Yeah. So, um, anyways, SpongeBob has time, and yeah, he's he's lifting lifting baby weights. But if you look in that gym, it says "I heart pain" on the wall, and you know that he's he's, he's going committed. for games. He's committed. He's going for games. <laughs> he's trying to get swole. Everything that I should, probably should be doing with my life, but. <laughs> But yeah, and then you see Patrick outside, like his little pineapple. And I think even the narrator brings this in, if I remember it 100%, that Tom Kenny, who's amazing, he's the voice of SpongeBob, also does the narrator and so many other voices on SpongeBob and just in cartoons in general. So it's it's nice to, it's a nice little factoid, I guess, for to know about that. So do you notice anything else that kind of like stuck out to you? I think it's like, it's a really good setup episode. Like setting up SpongeBob as a character, you see Patrick, you see Mr. Krabs and Squidward. It's really important to see their personalities. And I think what it does very well is that you see all their personalities pretty clearly. Like we see SpongeBob, this eager beaver, ready to get to work, this like very optimistic person. Oh, yeah. You see Patrick and you kind of get a little sense of how dumb he is, but you don't get the full sense. I mean, he lives under a rock. Right. How smart smart can he be? I'm pretty sure he falls during that part. He says, oh, go get him SpongeBob and falls right on top of all this stuff. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then what I like the best is spongebob's so excited to get started with his his first day and he's outside of the crusty crab and like even though it's his dream he gets cold feet he's yeah. like super nervous i'm not ready <laughs> like, he completely has like kind of like 180 mm-hmm. emotionally and who comes to save the day patrick, patrick. Yep. he just swoops in and like hypes him up obvious honestly it's just it's there's no better way to put it. He just hypes him up. He's a hype up. man. Yeah. He's the best hype man you'll ever have. A, a good 100%. The best friend best you can friend. ever have. Yep. And it, it sets it up perfectly. And you see uh, Squidward trying to clean up some graffiti. I think that's it's great because like it also sets up like... I mean, I've I've worked in food service. And I, I know the feeling of just like... I guess that boredom. Where you decide to like, oh, I'm going to clean this nasty crap on the front of the on the front of the establishment and unfortunately for Squidward it's kind of directed at him but either way it, it that sets up in just a little bit that you don't even know that SpongeBob and Squidward are neighbors you mm-hmm. just know that Squidward kind of hates the job that SpongeBob is like coveting right and as soon as he walks in the Krusty Krab he's kind of getting laughed at 
Yeah, because he, he was like he, he starts falling all over the place. I know, and it's fun. It's mm-hmm. fun, and I think it's kind of interesting. Is Mr. Krabs and well, SpongeBob's like, oh yeah, Squidward can vouch for me. Squidward throws him under the bus, and I mean, you don't really know why. Well, you kind of know why because yeah. of how Squidward is. But Mr. Krabs is like, oh well, let's send this this little dope on a shopping trip for something he'll never get. And I really like it because it feels it feels like so relatable if you're like a young adult trying to make it in a big any um, industry yeah Yeah. like or like yeah exactly any industry and that's like an amazing thing is because it's it's like the crusty crab is technically just a fast food place like working at mcdonald's basically and here's this kid that's been trying to get into the game for a while and suddenly he's already underestimated Mm -hmm. i don't know it's like he's set up to fail exactly because he's young and they think that he's not good enough and i think that's an important thing like just with careers in general like we i know as a young adult trying to get into the career i'm in completely underestimated a lot you know just because people come in and they see that i'm maybe half the age they are and they're like well what does this little punk know right yeah definitely i mean like i mean you work in theater and i work in like film it's kind of i think like i said any industry but the people who work in theater and film kind of have been around for a while. Right. And the people who are really good have been around for a long time. So when they see like this young person, like, you know, not trying to take their spot, but, you know, trying to get into the into the crowd, they're kind of they're hesitant. They're hesitant. Yeah. They're extremely hesitant. And only that it's basically like the first lesson I think SpongeBob really gives us as an audience. Yeah. It's like you kind of have the confidence. He's confident that he has the knowledge. But because he hasn't proven himself yet, he's underestimated, 100% underestimated. And what I think is also kind of like the cherry on top is Mr. Krabs tries to invent this technology that doesn't exist. You know, a hydrodynamic spatula with port starboard attachments (laughs) and a turbo drive. And SpongeBob's like, all right, that sounds like something that we need. So we're going to go get that. And it's for me, it's like the older generation not embracing technology no, it's because, kind of mocking yeah it's it's mocking it's mocking technology mocking technology mocking youth that in that way right i mean he's probably used to using the same spatula over and over or the same old kind of basic spatula right in that this restaurant so he's trying to make spongebob go find something that doesn't exist he doesn't even know like if this thing exists out there and for me it reminds me perfectly of like i don't know if anyone else has run into that issue where like, Oh, some, someone a little bit older is talking and they're like, Oh yeah. Like, Oh, but there's probably an app for that now. Right. Oh yeah. There's probably an app. Oh, just check, just pull out your phone. You'll figure it out. It's like, Oh, back in my day, we, you know, did this. We didn't have the internet. We couldn't look that stuff up. We go to the library or whatever. Yeah. We had to use a card catalog, even though like some people just don't understand. You can make up some fantastical technology and it can actually exist. Mm -hmm. And I think younger people kind of, they look hopeful. They look hopeful for that. Oh, there's got to be this. There's This has to exist. This has to be a thing. And SpongeBob kind of, you know, he was wide-eyed optimism. He's going to go for it. Exactly. He wants the job. He's going to make it happen. No matter how ridiculous this thing sounds, he's going to make this. He's going to go out and find this no matter what. Exactly. Which kind of leads to the next part of the episode where we see the anchovies. And I think one of the lessons that you kind of see here, one of the things I noticed is a little bit of racism. Oh, yeah, definitely. I caught it, too, and I thought maybe it's just my 2018 sensibilities, but probably it is. But I don't know. Do you want to, ex- you want to explain the, 
the racism that that we've kind of both noticed. (laughs) So as soon as um, SpongeBob walks off, we see the buses pulling up into the um, Krusty Krab, and Squidward and Mr. Krabs are still laughing at SpongeBob making fun of him. Stop dead in his tracks. He's like, "Do you smell that? You want to do? You want to do the voice You're better this voice than I am." <laughs> <laughs> what voice? The Mr. Crab voice. But, I mean, he's just like, he's just like, it's that smelly smell, that smells smelly. And the thing is, like, you don't know what <laughs> Mr. Krabs is talking about. That's my best mm-hmm. Mr. Krabs. No, I'm, that was not a good impression. <laughs> but the timing is perfect. I, if you take this clip and you put it right next to the original, I guarantee you, right on, right, right on, on time. <laughs> don't. Don't at me. So, um, but you don't know what Mr. Krabs is talking about, nope. and then it turns out to be a bus full of fish people, other fish people, and you're like, okay, what smell is he smelling? That's kind of, I hundred percent thought it was racist. Yeah. So Mr. Krabs already on the short list of, he's already on the list of the people I don't enjoy. Right. No, I'm just kidding. He's okay. Well, it's not only like looking at. Kind of more of his ignorance, the fact that he like mocks youth, kind of, and he mocks technology in that way. And now he's mocking other races, you know. Exactly. So definitely, I'm sure Mr. Krabs has some growing to do, and I know that he does grow. But some small things that you got to look for. Maybe I'm being a little bit too PC about it, but I don't care because <laughs> he classified a whole race of fish <laughs> by their smell, smell. which mm-hmm. you know. Definitely racist. So yeah, so then SpongeBob and he swoops in, he saves the day. He not only that, like he did it without training. And I think this is another like I just keep coming back to the fact that he's a young adult who knows what he's doing. He made the Krabby Patty, which has a secret formula, mind you, and he satisfied I don't know how many anchovies. So many a customers, seed, a, a, seed, seed a school, if you will. <laughs> <A> school. <laughs> if you of anchovies and they ate it up, literally, figuratively, physically. I don't know what other <laughs> what other uh, adverb I could throw in there, but I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I really, and I, I think the parallels of his first day of work are very relatable in terms of coming in as a as a young creative or a young worker, and kind of just you know doing your best and knowing that you can do the job. Right. All to some background music from Tiny Tim. Exactly. Shout out to Tiny Tim. R.I.P. Tiny Tim. (laughs) Living in the sunlight, living in the moonlight. It's just, it captures everything. It's so whimsical. It's so fun. It's plays in the optimism that we see in SpongeBob in this entire episode. Exactly. And throughout all of the, like, the entire series. Like, the last big thing is that, you know, anything can be a dream. I think biggest this for SpongeBob, like, his dream to be a fry cook is, may seem small to some people. Like, wanting to work at McDonald's Mm -hmm. seems small, but that's not... Don't undervalue it. And that's what, like, he can be great. He pulled off this unachievable feat. He made Mr. Krabs a ton of money. Made a ton of money, right? So, I don't know. Just, like, you don't undervalue the fact, like, no matter what that, whatever that dream is, if you even if it's just being a fry cook, like, it's important. Just having that dream and committing to it. Committing to it, yep. If you can, you can be the best at something, even if that something isn't, remarkable to everyone you don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer or a scientist or a world-class filmmaker lighting designer but you you can find the joy in a simple job and even if that simple job is all you want to do 
it works out if you're happy doing it. If you're happy doing it, that's what matters. Part two of the episode? Uh, reef blower. So do you want to tackle this summary? Yeah. So this is a quick little episode. Um, interesting little bit about this episode. It's, uh, it's all silent. or There's no talking in it. It's all done with sound effects and background music, which is kind of interesting. Don't really see that in a lot of animation. Um, basically, piece of uh, trash, and in this case, trash is represented by a clamshell. Lands in SpongeBob's yard. He notices it, gets out his reef blower, and struggles to get rid of it for multiple different reasons. And all while this is happening, Squidward is trying to enjoy some tea or whatever in his front yard. And is starting to get annoyed. This, again, playing into... That yeah, bittering neighbor aspect of the two of them. Honestly, it reveals Squidward's true nature, I think, better than the first episode, or the first part of the episode, because with Squidward, he he's the one that instigates it. He throws yeah. trash from his yard because he's too lazy to deal with it, throws it on SpongeBob's yard. SpongeBob being vigilant as always, really quick to deal with it. Probably not in the best way, but... no. Nah. So he continues to deal with it so much so over so over um, zealous about it that he sucks all the ocean water or all the water out of the ocean, um, almost kills Squidward. He's in there choking. All the water comes back, and what last thing we see is how pristine SpongeBob's yard is with all. And then we look over at Squidward's yard, completely covered in dirt. And the last thing that lands on top of Squidward's nose, the piece of trash he threw. Exactly. Honestly, this this little second part is really short and sweet. But one of the best lessons, a little small lessons, is don't be mean to your neighbor because it'll come back and bite you. Bite you got all that, all that karma coming right back to you. I don't know. Did you notice anything else to learn about it? I, I Basically, what I wrote down was don't be a dick to your neighbor. Yeah, that's basically all I got out of it. Don't litter. Don't be a dick. <laughs> don't Respect the ocean. Respect the ocean. <laughs> so uh, finally, the third part of this episode is... Um, tea at the tree dome i re- really love this episode because it's spongebob meeting sandy for the first time spongebob's just chilling in jellyfish fields he sees sandy uh they bond over karate as she's like fighting this giant clam and then sandy's like hey come over to my place a little bit relationship maybe a little bit of a heteronormative uh relationship vibe there but uh spongebob heads over with trusty pal patrick waiting in the wings and it's the first time they they meet and make a new friend with Sandy. And not only that, like, first time experiencing air, which, you know, as we all know, does not go 100% well. One thing for sure that I really, again, they set up so much in the pilot that pays off so much later is just, just jellyfish fields in general. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, SpongeBob isn't really jellyfishing. He's just watching. He's like, ooh, four stingers. He's really excited over this jellyfish and it just shows what spongebob he's such a big nerd yeah and well he's not like embarrassed by it at all he's sitting there wearing his nerdy little glasses and just enjoying his time he doesn't care what anyone else thinks exactly especially when he he meets sand well when he sees sandy he's like oh i gotta check this out and instead of you know just watching he like pulls out his little field manual and he's like "Ooh, a a land squirrel squirrel. he's really excited (laughs) about that and he kind of like comes at it kind of like a little bit like a scientist, which is kind of interesting because you know Sandy is also very technical. Tries to help her out, you know, typical typical man trying to help out a woman when she doesn't really need help. She was just doing just fine, uh, dealing with this giant crab. Lifted 
opened its mouth, take care, took care of it. But uh, SpongeBob tried to help out. Didn't do his best. But you know, once they're free, playing karate. Uh, well, not playing. I guess demonstrating. Demonstrating, showing off karate showing to each off other. Karate to each other. One thing that really just stuck out to me, and I'm, I don't know if it's a hundred percent correct. I'm gonna have to Wikipedia it later, but. I'm pretty sure SpongeBob's indestructible. If it wasn't the whole air thing, or and I'm just referencing you know future stuff, but Sandy punches a boulder with her bare hand, shatters it into pieces. Punches SpongeBob, nothing happens to him. Is he immortal? I think so. Just food we'll, for we'll thought. We'll look into that later. As as the <laughs> podcast progresses past this episode, keep that in mind. SpongeBob immortal, indestructible, possibly a god. Who knows? But <laughs> he takes a direct hit. And after she shows off, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show off." And then he just does an armpit fart, which shows more of a what a dork he is. Mm-hmm. But he still got the girl to laugh. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he's got some moves. And you know, Sandy invites him over. Mm-hmm. Pretty uh, platonic invite, I think. But SpongeBob runs over to none other than Patrick Star, his best friend, best wingman, <laughs> the best, the best bro you can ever have. Patrick kind of, you know, gives him some advice. Best piece of advice, pinky up. Yep. When in doubt, pinky, pinky out. SpongeBob, true gentleman. He heads over. Patrick's kind of like I said, he's waiting in the wings, so he's like at the edge of the tree dome. And also, I don't know, like what I thought was interesting is like Sandy builds this whole tree dome, and when she meets SpongeBob, she's like, "You're the first sea critter I've met." Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of interesting that no one has met Sandy yet, and she built a whole biome biodome situation well i think that's what is again like very interesting about this pilot is how it sets up characters and how well it does it i mean we look at sandy in this episode we first meet her she's fighting this giant clam we see her with all like her karate moves but then we go to the tree dome she's wearing a bikini and she's sitting there gonna bake for spongebob and she has this little garden she has these birds floating around in this bird bath like it's very like it Touches on her character as like she can be feminine, but she's also very smart. She's very strong, and it's a very yeah. and big... it flips it and it's flipping because yeah. it, it's not oh she's feminine first. It's she's strong, uh, capable woman, well female squirrel, <laughs> and then it's like the more feminine side, mm-hmm. which I I don't know. It's a good just juxtaposition. Like it's a pretty strong female character. I know I know that she's not necessarily the title character, but it's really interesting to look at right yes yeah, so while he's there the geek very quickly realizes like you said you can't have water right? i mean you can't have you can't see creature see creature what am i trying to say let's stop sea <laughs> creatures cannot live without water i don't think he realizes that this land squirrel does not have any water in this tree biome that she has going on so we start seeing him dry out him start freaking out that he needs water Needs water. I don't need it. I don't, I don't need, need it. It's the last minute. I and need it. And what what I love is this is the first SpongeBob's known for these gross close ups. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna spoil anything if you haven't seen the later episodes. But this close up of SpongeBob's face is like the driest. Like, boy, needs some lotion. <laughs> He's so dry. And not only that, the it's just so intense. Too intense. Too intense. And uh, he caves. Yep. Caves, 
has to get the water, comes in, Patrick comes in to save him. Same thing happens to Patrick. He can barely run two feet without having to stop. Exactly. He's like, he's like, oh, let's, this is good. I got you, SpongeBob, and gives up. <laughs> SpongeBob, what it, again, possibly a god, walks straight through for this. He's in there probably for like story time, like 15 minutes. I know it's like only a minute, but 15 minutes story time. Mm-hmm. Like Sandy's checking on cookies, baking tea, um, <laughs> baking cookies, baking tea. <laughs> <laughs> baking tea. And it's one of those things where, you know, Patrick doesn't even last a couple seconds. Mm. And I think the lessons here are Spongebob. I think, I mean, I feel like I run into the situation a lot, but I feel like a lot of younger people too, or even older people I see do this is like, they kind of, they're in an uncomfortable situation, but for the sake of politeness, they're just like, Oh, I can I can handle this. I can I can stand a little bit awkward on the subway. So so this, you know, nice person has a little bit more space to to breathe. Um but this hurts my arm. You know, stuff like that where it's like SpongeBob he's like, "Oh, yeah, you can you can chill in this water-free environment slowly dying." But, you know, it's great. I'll make a new friend. <laughs> Sandy, Sandy will be my friend. <laughs> but yeah. As the episode ends, Sandy's there build them a little helmet smart ass squirrel fills in this helmet <laughs> fills it with water and is like you guys should have just told me you need water all along and i think that's one of the le- little lessons of this episode is like you don't need to compromise or change who you are to make a friend if she would have just been honest all along she would have been fine with it you need to show off and be like i don't need water i'm fine he yeah. made it such a big deal he's like no yeah i, I know what air is mm-hmm. yeah and i think I think we've all shot ourselves in the foot. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I know, I know who that actress is. I know who that actor is. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen that TV show. Yeah, I've, seen I've heard it. that music. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I know that person. Mm-hmm. And then, turns out you get you get called out. And Sandy, good friend, calls him out, but hooks him up. You know, by not saves their lives. Saves their lives, and you know they still get tea out of it. Yeah. Which I don't, I was asking Josh right before the podcast, and I was like, do you realize that when she puts the helmet on Spongebob. And she puts the tea in there. He's basically just breathing flavored air. So I'm pretty sure Spongebob's the first time you see vaping going on. And I've never seen any other cartoon have vaping. But something... Something to keep in mind. Something to keep in mind. I'm pretty sure Sandy Cheeks, first person who created vaping. And Spongebob, I mean, obviously... Huge douchebag for vaping. <laughs> I don't know. Unintentionally vaping. Unintentionally vaping. Him oh, and Patrick hotboxing each other. No, Sandy basically hotboxed one of Just he like did. boom, <laughs> boom. You're you're high on tea. <laughs> all right, so we can take. I think big lesson here. So I think the looking at all three parts, like what does this entire first episode mean? Um. And again, looking at it from just probably from our life experiences or whatever, but looking at all three parts, I think it all touches on one basic concept, which is adult life yeah, or being a young adult and starting out in life. Yeah. And bring Putting down the foundation of what I consider real life, because when you're in high school or you're still in a schooling situation, you're not really experiencing, I think, real adult life because you have responsibilities that are academic and not 100 percent just life not to knock anyone else who's going back to school but i feel like when you're you're 
again, it's still a little bit of a safety net. Like I know what I need to do with my life because I just, you know, I got to graduate high school. I got to get out of college and I got to get a job. I feel like that transition that I got to get a job, that's what's perfect for all three of these episodes. It's, it's that setting the foundation for the beginning of your life. And there's like very major concepts of what life is career house and relationships exactly and that's what all three of these episodes touch on and especially for me it's integrating old friends and like new friends like i see like patrick as like the college slash high school buddy that spongebob known like since birth it's like you know that hometown friend and then i see sandy as like like you move to your first big city or you move like you're again that first new friend that it's like you're trying to integrate into your life and whether or not SpongeBob's, you know, laying the moves, which I don't really know. Well, we'll see as as time progresses. Or maybe he's just trying to make a new friend. It's one of those things that you don't really notice that relationship or that have like that necess- that necessary friendship slash networking circle, social circle building until you kind of watch it again with some fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. Again, again. So like what we said at the beginning of the episode, like this cartoon is so relatable looking at it as an adult now and like i realized why my mom and dad would laugh when i watched it you know now i'm realizing like it has these life lessons about being an adult in it and it's kind of crazy looking at it now and being like wow as a little kid i just thought this was just goofy this little sponge drying up in this squirrel who's underwater his dome you know now i'm realizing like wow he's just trying to he's compromising to build a friendship exactly you know I don't know. I think that's the one thing that we want people to take out of the podcast is that rewatch, rewatch these shows with some fresh perspective. Try to look through everything and see maybe, maybe you can see something that relates to your current situation. You know, for me, it's definitely like I moved to New York, integrating old friends with new friends, making new friends, being in a different place. Maybe I'm a little bit like Sandy in this situation, you know. A strong land squirrel in an ocean more like a human being in new york but close it, enough. it's close enough <laughs> we're both mammals that counts you can really go through each part find those little small life lessons like with help wanted you can figure out you know maybe be enthusiastic for your dream get, get you a friend that hypes you up and have a good morning routine especially with spongebob and his, and his stuffed animal uh weight set um or with reef floor take care of your stuff Make sure that your neighbors aren't screwing you over, probably, you know? And then finally, you know, integrate new people into your life with different but important perspectives. Don't compromise yourself to make those new friends, though. Like, they should appreciate you for who you are, and it shouldn't have to be you changing who you are to to make them accept you. Well said. I want to thank you all again, if you've made it this far, for, for listening to us. God bless you for making it this far. Yes, long. bless bless thee. <laughs> I think that's a lot. That's a lot for the first episode. A lot for the first episode. Um, it's a little clunky. A little clunky. But we appreciate you sticking around and listening. And I'm sure all the clunkiness will be. We're just gonna we're gonna chop that right out. Freaking perfect. It's gonna be you know a quick. You're gonna listen to this in 30 seconds. We're gonna just chop out all the content. Boom! Only 30 seconds. Only 30 seconds. It'll be great. It'll just be but uh, done. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be the end like i said we're hoping to have these podcasts out once once, a week once a week um we're thinking about a couple air dates but 
Hopefully you'll know that by the time we get this. We're going to record, you know, a couple out the gate. But we would really love to hear from you all on any suggestions on how to how to tackle these hard-hitting subjects that are hidden deep within SpongeBob and the SpongeBob lore. If you're interested in, you know, reaching out to us, letting us know what you want to listen to on the podcast or maybe your own observations from from episode one, um, you can reach us at our email. Is mayonnaise a podcast at gmail.com? Yeah, is mayonnaise a podcast? And make sure you spell mayonnaise correctly. Mayonnaise. Hopefully, Josh mayonnaise. spelled mayonnaise correctly. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. I, I believe there's like six N's in there. At a couple least. O's. <laughs> there's an I in there somewhere. Maybe a Y. Maybe a Y. And I'm pretty sure a couple numbers. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, hopefully, when we do this, uh, when we post this, you'll have the in the description. Um, feel free to That's reach smart. out. That's smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, um, if we spell it right in the description. <laughs> if we spell it right in the description, you can email us there, and we can hopefully get to it on the next couple podcasts. We're recording a couple while Josh is in town in New York, partying it up, um, mostly sitting on my couch at. 4 a.m. recording cool. a podcast. That's a party. That's a, that's a, that's it's a, better than sitting on the couch and crying. It's a two-person party. <laughs> I think we're getting too too <laughs> depressing. But either way, um, yeah, so don't be afraid to reach out to us. We're probably going to have some social media, maybe a Twitter, Instagram, maybe a Facebook. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, Let us know what you think there. Um, big part of this podcast is to include the community. We want to hear what you guys have to think. Let us know what lessons you learned. Um let us know what you what we could do better too. I mean, yeah, if there's anything we should have mentioned, or you know, any constructive criticism, constructive being the key keyword. Um, don't be. Cool. Yeah, don't please don't be mean to me. <laughs> Fragile <laughs> ego. Please be nice to me. Nice to me. <laughs> I don't have the optimism of SpongeBob. I'm trying, but I'm not as oblivious as him. <laughs> so I want to be nice. Thank you for tuning in. And again, you. if um, you want to reach out to us, go for it. And remember, when in doubt, pinky out.